Hello everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and in this episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show, we don't have a lot of news to talk about, so we just kind of talk about the holidays and our D&D Christmas miracle wish, uh, so stay tuned, it's a really fun episode. Hello everybody, Jordan here. Uh, welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle and I am joined always by my wonderful co-host Sir Lucian over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Merry Christmas, sir. It is. It's like we're just a few days out and I think everybody's getting ready. I'm sure the elves are hard at work in the North Pole getting yeah. ready for the big night, you know? Yeah. Could you imagine if that was your job? You know, no. you got one big night of the year and uh <laughs> and then you go back into cryo hibernation and so that you yes. can come out again. Like there was some exactly. there was some joke where it was like uh, Santa Claus finishes his rounds and then the elves are pushing this frail old man back into his cryo tube so that he can do it again <laughs> next year and I was like, yeah. "Oh, that'd be awful." That's um, the only way he can do it over the years is that yeah. he only lives one day and then we freeze him. Mhm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't see a problem with that. I have got my uh, Christmas hat on, and I also should show you this. I've got a Beholder Christmas sweater. It's it's awesome. <laughs> and so I am in the, uh, the D&D holiday spirit, and we hope you are as well. Um, leave a comment below telling us all the cool dice that you got, <laughs> or minis, or adventures, or other things like that. Um, this is episode 96, Lucian. This is crazy. <laughs> we have been doing this for, we started in, two, well, two solid years. Yeah. We started January of 2018. And I think it was the very first Saturday, which is the only reason it wasn't like January 1. It's like yeah. we waited for that first Saturday. Yep. So it was the very first Saturday, January 2018. So we did all of 2018. We did all of 2019. Now we're coming up on episode 100. We have to do something cool. We literally Definitely. have not discussed this, ladies and gentlemen. We just are like, I. somebody in chat was like, hey, you should do something for episode 100. And I'm like, you're right, we should. And now I can only think of like a cheesy clip show, which would be mm-hmm. hilarious. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll try to think of something. Uh, maybe we should like run a game for people and we'll uh, stream it on, on this channel or, or and on your channel, et cetera. Yeah, that'd so, be cool. I don't know. Run it for the fans. Yeah. Or That'd be fun. like, yeah, like the people that are active in chat, maybe we can have a raffle or something for spots. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I like that. I've got plenty of books on the shelves. So we could wrap yeah. one up. <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, yeah, we got to do something cool. Uh, I also said I was going to run a game for 60,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel. And that kind of fell Ooh. through the wayside because I had a baby. So still trying to work that out. Uh, you were not here last week, though. I wasn't. Tell me all about it because I have not even actually looked at the uploaded video. You didn't even watch the show. Yeah. Not yet. That's how dedicated Lucian is to this uh, podcast. I knew how good LB was that I didn't have to worry about it. I know. There's. (laughs) So I didn't. Like when LB replaced me and was Mm -hmm. on with your show or on on Mm -hmm. your your episode. There was like murmurs. People were like, maybe we should like replace Jordan and keep LB. Um, mm-hmm. And then after, like, she didn't have, like, you were gone, and she replaced you, and we had a, a show. Um, mm-hmm. There is an online petition now to replace one of us with LB Hackamore. Yeah, probably uh, both, and it just becomes her show. Well, and that's the thing is, I was like, <laughs> I think what people want is they want to clone LB Hackamore, and she can just talk to herself about all the fun games she plays. Right. I mean, take out the middleman or the middlemen, yeah. so to speak. There's yeah, just no use. Exactly. For us. Uh, exactly. <laughs> But last week, we talked yeah. about 
a video game called Dark Alliance. Have you heard of this, Lucian? It sounds familiar. I should know it, but that's kind of, oh, what is that? Dark Alliance. So there was a game on the PS2 and the Game Boy Advance back in the early 2000s called Dark Alliance Boulder's Gate. I gotcha. Now, they just announced this. There's a big trailer. You should watch the trailer because I think it'll be right up your alley. Um, mm-hmm. Not right, not right, meow. But at some point. But uh, <laughs> I'm going now. yeah. Oh, I gotta go watch it. Let's just pause and listen to uh, the reaction video of Lucian <laughs> watching this trailer. Um, but it's a hackem. It's a, a slice them up RPG featuring the Ra Salvatore characters of Drist, Caterbri, uh Bruno, and uh, the Barbarian. I can't think of his name. Wolfgar, um, mm-hmm. and you just run around and like kill things. And the trailer is shockingly chaotic and creepy and weird and has this like kind of heavy metal song in the background. And it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to like, and it's got like GoPro cam. So you're watching Dritz's face not move while the rest of his arms are flailing and like slicing up trolls and goblins and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I don't know. It looks ridiculous. It's coming out fall of 2020. So we have a while before this, this actually hits, but uh, it's, it's the, the future of part of the Dungeons & Dragons franchise because um, the CEO of Wizards of the Coast said that their new goal is to have like three or four video games in the works every year, possibly. Um, And this is the start of that, where they're going to have that. And Baldur's Gate 3 was announced and things like that. And so Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to have a bunch of D&D video games. What do you think about that? Do you like this? Are you excited? Yeah, I think it's definitely a a market that they jump into when their popularity rises. And I think it's because there's the one thing that always plagues Dungeons & Dragons community itself is there's still lots of people who can never find a group to play with, whether it's their schedule or they don't know people in their area or they haven't really dived into the online tools or, or other communities to go find people like the old Google Plus groups or go to the Roll20 forum if you want to find a game or any of these things, <clears throat> there's still, I'm sure, millions of people out there that say, boy, I'd love to play Dungeons & Dragons, but I can never find anybody to play with. And that, I think, is where computer games are able to come in because you can play that, like Jordan right now has a weird schedule, but if he's sitting up with his, his kid at 2 a.m., he can't just call everybody and say, hey, let's roll at 2 a.m., but he can start a computer game. Bring Jordan, Dungeons and why Dragons. are you calling me? Dude, <laughs> yeah. it's 2 a.m., let's roll some dice. Let's are roll you, some dice. Are, what are you, is that, is that milk I smell on your breath? Have you been feeding a baby? Yes, <laughs> that, exactly. that joke doesn't even make sense, Jordan. Why did you say that? Ridiculous. Anyway, Cause, but cause you're it's right. 2 uh, I think uh, people want to cure that, that D&D itch, and they like the world. They like the magic system. They like all this other stuff, and so mm-hmm. uh, diving in. But the Dark Alliance game that they're creating is really more of a fan of, like, the Drist novels, I think. Um, mm-hmm. There might be a, a subgroup of people that like it, but it's not – I don't think it's going to be overtly Dungeons & Dragons. Um, other than like you're going to be in the Sword Coast and you're going to be uh, or north of the Sword Coast and you're going to be fighting as these characters. But like when I run a Forgotten Realms campaign, I don't try to like throw in char- like Elminster doesn't just show up and, and offers the party advice. And I don't have, you know, I just don't do that because I like to keep the novel separate from like my Forgotten Realms so that my players feel like the heroes. And that's one mm-hmm. of the big criticisms of the Forgotten Realms is like, well, why does Jordan's level four cleric of Ilmater 
why does that matter when you have, uh, you know, uh, Elminster running around and, and doing crazy things? So, right. I don't know. So you haven't put any any Forgotten Realm personality in any of your games? No, I have not. Not a like, one. Wow, that's no, crazy. I keep it, I keep it, like, I take that back. If they... Okay, sorry. I thought my my connection went. Uh, I take that back. If they go to Neverwinter, they're going to speak with Lord Neverember and things like that, like the head of Neverwinter and things like that. Oh, yeah, like or Blackstaff. Yeah, or... but like yeah, yeah, they yeah. they I haven't run into the the heroes, the novel heroes. I guess. Gotcha. Like if it's an established part of the world, then I will put it in there. But uh, no Minsk and Boo. No, haven't done that. No, no Bruner. No. <laughs> yeah, I haven't done the Driss because I haven't really read the Driss. Now you've read the Driss yes, novels, though. So you're are you a fan of the Driss novels? You've read a bunch of them. You know, a lot of people they they tell me like, oh, those are so cheesy. They're for thirteen year olds. They're blah blah blah. Uh, and I, there, you are correct, or the the populace is correct. Um, but there is a point where they're just fun, and if you're mm -hmm. having fun reading and it's encouraging people to read, then like let them read whatever they want, and and they are. Uh, R.A. Salvatore, I like the world of Dungeons & Dragons. I like the Forgotten Realms, so I like the Drist novels. And I like, uh, sorry, I should say R.A. Salvatore writes combat really descriptively, and it's fun to read. And you can just mm -hmm. picture him doing flips and stabbing things and getting really, like, cross-cart, you know, like, cool moves and things like that. And I like seeing these characters evolve over time. I like kind of the story that they've gone on. So, uh, yeah, like, I, I started reading them. I, I mean, I was, like... 29 maybe when i started so super late like i didn't grow up with them as like you know 15 year old jordan uh but they're they're easy reads they're fun and i don't know it's just kind of like who doesn't like exciting fantasy to read i mean yeah yeah and just yeah. always is like he always he's like the quintessential edgelord for sure which everybody makes when they when they roll up their yeah. characters at some point in their D D career they make their edgelord and he also reminds me of kind of the dark version of legolas right so he's like yeah there's the other great fantasy of our community that was based a lot of the stuff we got was because of lord of the rings novels were mm -hmm. happening and the people that love that wanted to play games. Gary Gygax was fans of all that stuff. A lot of that stuff is ripped out of there. I always feel like Drist is, is very Legolas metal, you know, or yeah. like, you know, dark side, or he's come to the dark side. He's Sith Legolas or whatever. If you want to mix all of your pop culture metaphors, since we've got star Wars coming out and all this other cool stuff. Yeah. And like, everybody's been raving about like the Witcher that's been playing yeah, on Netflix. That, that just, just dropped. That's the other thing. So we're going to uh, be seeing a bunch of that. So <clears throat> I think that's what it is. I think it's the, Computer games have the ability to capitalize on pop culture. They have the ability to capitalize on books that are out. They have the ability to capitalize on any animated cartoons that they might do at some point. You know, all these things are easier to gather a much bigger crowd. And I think the community of game players, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, uh, Stadia, all these other things is a how much larger pool in the presence hey, of PC and how Xbox. Dare you. How dare you? <laughs> it's a much wider pool than just the Dungeons and Dragons fan. Now that Dungeons and Dragons fan pool is growing and it's been like overflowing and getting bigger and bigger, but it doesn't compare to like, you know, the the PC gaming or any gaming, mobile gaming, console gaming, whatever you want to call them all. If they can break into that market and get like a hit, you know, they can pull off one of these uh Something like um, God of War, uh, acclaim or Death Stranding's been getting a lot of you know all these games that get a lot of acclaim. If they can get a D and D game up there, 
they've hit it then. I mean, they've got shows talking about them. They've got cartoons talking about them. They've got tabletop games. They've got computer games or, or I think that's going to be Baldur's Gate 3, in all honesty. Yeah. If if that if anything, we learned anything from the trailer, like it's going to be Baldur's Gate 3, I think will be. We, with mind flares and ships in the air and just the way they set that whole thing up, that looked really good. I have high Grand, hopes for it. I yeah, think, we haven't seen uh, gameplay footage. What it does, like, yeah. <laughs> could be a lot of fun. Um, Then that brings me to uh, this morning's news question, because it's a news light day. It's holidays. Uh, Wizards of the Coast isn't dropping any, like, extra things, except those uh, Sapphire $300 dice are still available. Yeah, did Um, you buy two sets? Yeah, so I know LB really wanted one, so I was going to get that for her, uh, because she just really coveted those dice. Um, Lucian, what is your favorite D&D video game through the ages? Have you played a lot? Have you played any? Do you have a favorite? Yeah, um... Neverwinter Nights back in the day, I loved it a lot because that was the first time I got into the modding community. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time they really, I don't know if it was the first time, but it was the time that I noticed or I became uh, invested in, wait a minute, there's a dungeon master mode and I can make adventures or I can make things up. They had tools that came with the game Mm -hmm. to do that, to create that content. So I bought the books and I used to spend a bunch of time writing quests up and nobody ever played any of it, but I had a great time learning about it and doing it and understanding how hard it is to to create a game like that that's going to be compelling for people to go through. So I love Neverwinter Nights. That's got to be about my favorite. Uh, That is the correct answer. So Neverwinter Nights is probably the coolest, best. (laughs) Uh, I found I was searching online this morning because I wanted to talk about D&D video games and somebody made Mm -hmm. a uh, top 10 list of D&D video Mm -hmm. games and Neverwinter Nights was number nine. And I was like, no, sir. You you just step back from that, uh, and yeah. they and they made Neverwinter Nights two like number three or four or something, and I was like no 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 again that was mm-hmm. not nearly as good as Neverwinter Nights one, um, mm-hmm. but I I think it was for the same reason like that was a game that I sat down and played through the story and it was my first isometric RPG I hadn't played Baldur's Gate and other ones like that and I was just enamored that I'm like I could literally just walk anywhere this is so cool and I would get lost. And I would have to be like, how do I finish this game? And so I think it took me a lot longer to finish than um, I want to say like a normal player, I guess, because I, I don't know, you're like talking to people, but I'm not paying attention half the time because I'm mm-hmm. just like, well, this guy's talking about like rats in his dungeon. I don't I didn't know I had to go into his basement, kill rats, find a key, do this. You know, I don't know. It was right. it was just a new type style of game for me. But a lot of people talk about Planescape Torment as being one of the best D&D games. And I am like a third of the way through that, and I haven't touched it in a long time. But I really, I did enjoy that. The, the world of Planescape is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is a game that I want to get back into. But So Monty Cook. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's interesting uh, reading, because uh, I have Invisible Sun, yep. and I'm reading through that. And it's just really beautiful game i love it a whole bunch i want to play it super bad uh the world is cool um but the world he created i'm like this is like he was he was brainstorming things like invisible sun through planescape because he's like i like the idea of these different worlds and how they're all interconnected and they're kind of like like uh they represent ideas almost more Mm -hmm. than they are a planet or something like that and uh it it's really cool. So he's yeah. he's got a good head on his shoulders or creative yeah. mind, I should say. I always assume too that he would he, 
in my own imagination, I'd love yeah. to do an interview with him at some point, but to say that he was there and he had these really wide ranging ideas and they'd only let him do so much before they would say, that's just a little too far out of what right. we do. So he'd get as much as they'd let them do. And then eventually when he left, he could really do what he'd wanting. And that's how we got the Numenera. That's yeah. how we got the strains with Bruce Cordell. That's how we got, you know, Shauna Germain doing all her stuff because he was really then able to explore the esoteric essence of everything he likes to dive into. Whereas D and D wouldn't let him go that far, but Planescape let him go pretty far, yeah. <laughs> but he didn't, didn't let him go too far. So I always want, had wondered about that. I think those would be great people to have and just ask questions of the old oh, days, yeah. but they're probably all focused on the future now that, you know, That's true. Like, stuff. how many times does he get interviews to be like, hey, we left Planescape. Can we talk about it? And he's like, can I talk yeah. about some of my new games? Because that's yeah, what I'm yeah, promoting exactly. right now. I'm not making money <laughs> off of Planescape. Uh, no. But no, super cool. Uh, I bet you're right, though. I bet he had these like wild out outlandish ideas. And it's kind of like uh, Keith Baker, because Keith Baker, who created Eberron, um, he said, too, that he's like, well, Eberron, in my mind, is completely separate from like the forgotten realms universe and gray space and all this, you know, the spell jamming yeah. ships can go through different phlogiston tunnels to get to different realms and things. Um, and even it's separate from Planescape, you know, there's no abyss mm -hmm. in Eberron. There's none of this, but uh, D wizards of the coast want it, wants it all to mesh. So they came together and they made like a happy medium. And I've been doing some videos on a, on a Eberron lately. And there's a, there's a term called canon with a K because it's Keith's canon. So after, uh, that's funny. after Keith Baker left, you know, he, he started blogging a lot and he would say, well, cause people would ask him ever on questions. And he's like, well, if you go to the official books, this is the answer. But if you want to know what I think the creator of Eberron, he would write out all of these like really detailed, sometimes short stories to, to implement his point. And it's all on his blog and it's really interesting stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But I was reading about changelings, and he's like, this is how I interpret changeling culture. Now, if you go to uh, Wizards of the Coast, they say, well, changelings are like some kind of element or not elemental uh, evolutionary divergence from doppelgangers. But Keith Baker from Eberron says, well, changelings might be like doppelgangers might be evil changelings that like fell and lost their personality and and you know and he has all these wild and crazy ideas that ultimately make for a more interesting story mm -hmm. so i i like that about him so uh yeah go if you ever research eberron look for the canon with a k because that's kind of like what he envisioned but wizards <laughs> of the coast wouldn't necessarily allow him to yeah to, we can only know. go so far yeah, and what yeah. they yeah, yeah they yeah, still I want it that. to work in this big world kind of a thing but mm -hmm. yeah so that's yeah, that's very cool. So yeah, I saw one uh Greybeard was talking about Pool of Radiance, 1988, yeah. Commodore 64. That's definitely gotta be on the list. That is the first uh D D video games is uh yeah. is Pool of Radiance. And I and it was on the the NES apparently as well. Um but mm -hmm. yeah, there's a great website here that's got like uh Curse of Azure Bond, Secrets of Silver Blades, Champions of Kryn, uh Pool of Darkness uh lots of really cool stuff pirates of realm space they had a spell jammer game for ms dos oh boy um, that's what i want dark sun game for ms dos ravenloft game menzo berenzen uh this that was in 1994 like i haven't played any of these but like and then you get into like 1998 we've got baldur's gate and planescape torment icewind dale mm -hmm. baldur's gate 2 uh pool of radiance uh ruins of mythdranner Baldur's Gate Dark That'd Alliance. That'd be such a good one. Mitch Trainer, so good. Uh, and then Neverwinter Nights was in 2002. 
So yeah. lots of cool well, stuff. Well, and then eventually they got to MMO. So you got Dungeons and yep. Dragons online. You got all these other ones that are, they've got games that are going right now. I like Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. And I know it's mm-hmm. just this weird clicky little game that mm-hmm. you just kind of, you don't have to pay a lot of attention to, but I love collecting the different heroes and I love reading the little stories that they do in them. And it's just a fun little kind of cool thing to do and see all the different classes and races and combinations that other people have created. Cause yeah. they're all characters that other people yeah. have played in campaigns. So I, I think they're always fun, cool character art and stuff like that. So. Yeah. It's I good. like uh, Dungeons and Dragons online. Um, I tried it. I want to say like four or five years ago, and it's still kind of going strong. It's got a, like a niche community, um, but mm-hmm. I did not like the Neverwinter MMO. Uh, that one just mm-hmm. did not feel D and D to me. Uh, so I don't know. That was and there that one's still going strong too, but I didn't really care for it. But really yeah, excited an, for Baldur's Gate. <clears throat> that State was an and, MMO with a D and D sweater on. Yeah, what that was. It's kind of what it felt <laughs> like to me. But anyway, yeah. So. I don't know, Dungeons and Dragons video games. I thought it was interesting that that's kind of a direction they're going and they're going to do more D&D uh, video games because uh, as we were talking about it last week, they kind of like, they want, they can only print so many books. I mean, they could print a lot of books and be like, that's how we're going to make money. But they've learned to make, you know, two or three books a year and mm-hmm. then profit off of selling lots of those copies of the books rather than uh, other things. So this is just another revenue stream. Um, and I know R.A. Salvatore is the only author making Forgotten Realms novels right now. And I would be curious if, because uh, Wizards, again, said, we don't want to be a publishing company. But at the same time, I'm like, if people are hungry for it, like, you could hire a couple yeah, more some writers, writers and stuff. Why not and, flesh and do, out like, your... a cool, I don't know, do the yeah. novelization of Out of the Abyss or something. So, I yeah, know. I think that'd be smart. And I'd, I think that would, I would love to see that, to see some new authors coming in, putting their take on bring us your stories of the forgotten realms come up with some really cool stuff that we new could latch on to and, and cool. love that's hard to do yeah. but like new characters would be sure fun. um so yeah i don't know moving on good. it's yeah. lucian's favorite part of the show Yay. bardic inspiration which we are reflavoring this week as okay it's a christmas miracle <laughs> okay i love it <laughs> uh <laughs> lucian uh yeah. what is your D christmas wish this holiday season my wish is they announce Spelljammer for the 2020 campaign book that we're going to get. Oh, man. That's, uh, my, that's my wish. What made you fall in love with Spelljammer? Have that you read the, the Spelljammer rules? Like, are you familiar yeah, with it? Yeah. Okay. yeah, back in the day. But it was the book I got to read, but I could never convince anybody to play. And it was always one of the books where I wanted to play, but never was got a group to play it. So now if they re-released it, I feel like I could put together a group that would be willing to play it nowadays. And I would get to live out that teenage dream of mixing kind of fantasy magic with some space and sci-fi horror and, and the different things. And just the, the, the idea of the ships and they're battling and you can be moving and you can do pirating and you're going to these different worlds and you're exploring those. It kind of just throws together everything I love about, fantasy sci-fi stuff is Mm -hmm. that you know exploration weird and wonderful things scary and horror like things and elements and crash landings and survival and um new civilizations that that are really weird and something's going on you're trying to figure out and 
you can get some of that stuff in Dungeons and Dragons with the way you flavor your stuff, but you can even get more if you really open it up to something like a spell jammer. Yeah. Um, and just even just the pictures and the art of the ships themselves just drew me in. Like oh, the only other thing that ever grabbed me like that was the Fiend Folio, the original Fiend Folio. As I would flip through that book, that art grabbed me and wouldn't let go. Same with the Spelljammer stuff. When I would see Spelljammer ships and things, it would just grab me and not let me go. Looking at a Mind Flayer ship, the one that Matt Colville was using the artwork for in his uh, Chains of Akron, the beginning of his campaign, it just, that nostalgia just just came flooding back in. So that's what I'm hoping. And I hope they do it just because Nathan's been teasing us for this long and not giving it to us at this point. Um, and I like the idea that it's a different setting than Forgotten Realms, but it's still connected. Yeah. So it allows us to do some other things and it allows us to um, go to different, I can go to Greyhawk, I can go to, you know, Forgotten Realms, I can go to Jordan's world, I can go to Lucian's world, I can go to Greybeard's world, I can go to LB Hack'em-Up's world, you know, whatever it is, I can go to those worlds, all connected by Spelljammers. Mm -hmm. that, that would be my hope. Uh, it is the final frontier to boldly go exactly. where no dwarf has gone before. Uh, right. Spelljammers really uh what's the word it's more fleshed out than you would think it is does that mm -hmm. make sense mm -hmm. like uh they have rules for gravity and like fantasy rules for gravity so it's not the gravity that we have in real life uh and like mass and gravity and things like that but like every ship has a gravity plane on it and so mm -hmm. while you're on top of the ship you have gravity but if you go to the edge of the ship you could fall off but then if you wrap yourself back around gravity reasserts itself and you can walk underneath the ship with the same force of gravity and uh, so because everything has gravity uh you get pockets of air so mm -hmm. your ship in order to like breathe in space, your ship has to go down into a planet. It refreshes its pocket of air and then it leaves that. And now you have like 40 hours of air in this bubble around your ship. And uh, I, it's just kind of like they, they made it so you could do fantasy in space with its own like space rules because you knew there was going to be nerds out there that are like, well, that's not like this. And you're like, ah, oh, but in Spelljammer, it does work like this. And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. And there are, there are cleric spells and stuff <laughs> that like put pockets of air around people and things like that. And, and mm -hmm. so that's how you can have these, these interesting asteroid fields that you, I'm going to go explore this asteroid field. Will you land? Well, that asteroid field has a pocket of air on it because it's got mass and it's gravity and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. And then the different, uh, everything's powered magically. You have these, uh, they call them helms. And you, as a wizard or a cleric, you have to sit in these helms and expend spell slots to fuel your spell jammer drive to go forward. Unless you're like an illithid, and then the illithids have their own method of spell jamming. The dwarves have their own method of spell jamming. I think uh, beholders use like a undead beholder or like a... a Something about like a, a I want to say gutted. It's like a, a a beholder that can't behold anymore, <laughs> but <laughs> it's in the core of the ship and they siphon energy off of it, and that's how beholder ships move forward. So, I I agree. Like that would be a really cool setting for them to bring back, just because of how like Gonzo and weird it is. Uh, but I at the same time I don't think uh, it's going to happen. Uh, I don't know. It yeah, yeah. It probably won't. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of what my D and D Christmas wish is. Yeah. What's your Christmas wish? I just don't know. I think, I think I want a, 
open world, like sandboxy game. And, and I kind of got that with Ghosts of Saltmarsh, but I would like, I would like a, a, okay, actually, here's what I want. I want a Forgotten Realms source book, like mm-hmm. a proper one, not just the Sword Coast Adventures guide that has, uh, if you want to be from Neverwinter, if you want to be from Luskin, here can, here's your background. Here's this and this. Um, a small adventure for you to go on, a list of background options, and then information about the world. And if I go, if I if I roll dice and I go to Hex Forty Three, what adventures happen in Hex Forty Three? Like that would be really cool for me. And so you could kind of go all over, or an Al Kadim setting because I really like Saqqara, which is the like desert uh, Arabian south of uh, the Forgotten Realms. Um, that that's a really cool one too. Yeah, a, a cool full source book for Forgotten Realms, not just a sword. Yeah, coast and source book would be cool. You know, it they do exist. Like I I have sure. a lot of the three point five and the second edition stuff, uh, but it would just I don't know. It would be really cool if it was updated with all the the latest information. But I guess that's what the wiki is for as well. You can do that with the wiki, but they don't have the hey if you go to uh warlock's keep here's the like mini adventure you could have with warlock's keep like i like that idea of just a sandboxy area that i can kind of i don't know my players can just choose where they go because i'm i'm after playing hot springs island and after running ghosts of salt marsh i really like the spontaneous i roll dice and we're like that's what this is populated with and we go and we play Mm -hmm. that and it's a lot of fun so yeah and we've we've had five almost six years of right around in the same spot campaign wise Baldur's Gate, you know, all these areas that are right there on the Sword Coast. Yeah. I can't believe that it's not time for them to expand somewhere else on the continent yeah. to do. I mean, Cholt was kind of a little bit away, but You're that's right. still yeah. not even that far away. Yeah. In there's reality. the Moon Sea. There's a whole bunch of stuff. There's like, yeah. you know, we've gone to the Underdark, but like the Underdark's popular because of Drist. Um, and we're also in a small section of the Underdark. Like, uh, the Underdark that we are familiar with is the one where Lolth is in control. And the only reason Lolth is in control is because there's a bunch of people in the South uh, Underdark, Drow in the South, that worship another god. And Lolth directed her followers away so she could get a stranglehold on them and have them mm-hmm. grow and become a, a bigger god. But there is like a whole section of Drow that worship other gods uh, in the in the South of, of uh, Faerun. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool so that stuff. could be cool to see if they if they do that, or are they are we just going to continue to get um, Sword Coast books? And maybe we do. Maybe, maybe I mean they've do. all been good. I've bought almost every one of them at this point, and I've enjoyed reading all through them. And so it's not like we're not getting something that's a value I like. It's just I would also like to see it kind of expand out some and see, you know, what else what else is out there? What other stories can be told? No, exactly. what other communities and lands and races and things have we not ran into yet that are out there, but we just didn't know about them? Mm-hmm. so yeah that's cool. so that's a good inspiration for yeah. for those of you that are running your campaigns what is your christmas wish which you have it's the 21st so you got like four days to go before it might be answered <laughs> yeah uh and then we'll wake up uh december 25th and i'll go it's a D christmas miracle yeah. and there will be a uh, fresh dice under your stocking and a new D book on Spelljammer. it'll be great <laughs> Uh, yeah. So Lucian, um, I'm looking at our show notes and you have nothing under the games I did. played. I, yeah. This week was really bad. Did you play really games bad. this week? <laughs> I did. Okay. I think we played a game this week. Remember on Sunday, 
There was a little old game that we played in. What? Get out of town. What? In fact, what character did you play, Jordan? Oh, geez. Uh, I played um, a Kalistar uh, cleric of the Path of Light in Eberron. That's we played right. it in an Eberron game. That was ran by D and D Elise, friend of the show, super awesome lady. She's just a really yeah. cool person. Uh, hard worker. Hard worker. She's working on a bunch of uh, DMs Guild content. I think she's doing a Feywild book, which is really awesome. And mm-hmm. they're they're doing like original art for it and writing new monsters. And uh, I just, yeah, she's really cool. Uh, I'm in her Discord, and it is organized chaos but she knows every little like this is exactly what this subgroup is for and things like that uh and she's awesome and she's on it uh so really love her she's just a great person follow her on twitter dnd elise and uh you will not be disappointed because she posts a lot of really great stuff and she's just awesome but yeah that was for satine phoenix's gilding light am mm-hmm. i saying right yeah it is gilding yeah. light um her uh D channel organization i'm not really sure what she's doing with it i don't know if she really knows what she's doing with it but they mm-hmm. wanted to do a charity 20 um so they got a bunch of celebrities not us but they got a bunch of celebrities uh, <laughs> travis mcelroy and satine and, and keith baker keith and yeah keith wrote a eberron game and they ran it and the shtick was is that every group was going to run the same game and you could you as a viewer could see how different dungeon masters do different things. Mm-hmm. So I had to avoid all of those streams because I'm like, well, I don't want to know what the game is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of silly. So we, they gave us stock characters and I was a Calistar cleric. What did you play Lucian? I played the ship mother halfling fighter, which was really good. Um, and you were a dragon mark, right? Yeah. With a yeah. dragon mark of hospitality. Hospitality. Yeah. It was super fun and super cool. Uh, and our characters were really over the top and super funny, I thought. And everybody playing in the game had a really kind of cool angle that they were doing with their character. And and we made Elise laugh a million times with the shenanigans that we got up to. It was a really fun, short two-hour game. So yep. nice and short and sweet. And um, it was really fun to play. And, and my first... My first game in Eberron, in the world of Eberron. That was the first one right there. Yeah, that was my first game in the world of Eberron, too, actually. I've read a lot about Eberron, but I haven't run a game. Um, I've, I've been talking to a couple of people, and uh, uh, one of my friends is running the, the the small little game in the back of the Eberron book. And, you know, I've been making Eberron videos, and I've been researching it a lot. I really mm-hmm. want to run an Eberron game. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was an Eberron guy, but I love... I mean, I love lore in general, but, like, the world is just so interesting. And there's, like, so much political intrigue between these different factions and stuff. It would be really fun. Uh, but, yeah, we, we got on a, on a ship. We were on the, uh, the Princess, I think. Was, uh, it was a Flying Zephyr, which is yep. an airship that has an elemental trapped in a ring around it that powers the airship to fly through the air. And we were going from A to Z somewhere across Eberron. Uh, some tentacle monster came up and we had to like fight the tentacle monster. And it turns out that it kind of undead uh, crafted some of the, uh, the people. And so we ran to the engine room to kind of save everybody. It was just a short little fun adventure. Um, <laughs> not a lot, uh, a lot of buildup. And then I felt like we had the fight and then the game was over and we were like, Oh, okay. Yeah. But that's a two hour game. <laughs> like in all honesty, you're just like, oh. yeah, you can only do so much. Yeah. You know? uh, we had a lot of fun though. It, it was, it was really cool. Uh, 
Jack LaRogue was there. And I'm trying to think, I think it was uh, Z or Zai um, was yeah. the lady. And she was really funny and awesome. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it was good. And Terry, I think, was the other Yeah, other that's person. right, Terry. Yep. And so we had a, we had a really good time. Um, would you uh, run that for friends if you could just get a hold of that adventure? I think I would because I think it's a cool introductory to an Eberron world because you can really – you could take maybe not just as a two hour. I would, I think I would want to really let it breathe a little bit, give it a little bit more time, but then I could really get them into we're on this cool airship and there's a lot of stuff going on with the airship. And I might flesh out better for me in my mind, how the airship works and the things that are going on on the airship and why we're on the airship and those kinds of things. And then have the big climactic super monster battle which turns out there's another thing you got to do which is a final little thing and i like that pacing of it um but i I think it would have been fun to kind of let the exploring of the ship happen too a little bit too so i think i would build that into mine so i'd probably do like a three hour introductory um and just let them and i like the idea that you just hand them out some characters and let them just come up with a way to play that character and not necessarily be so worried about you know, worrying about building their own at that moment, just just have them say, this is the one I'm going to play. And let me think about how I'm going to play that. And, yeah. you know, what quirky personality do they have? You know, what what types of decisions do they make? It was really fun to do that. And it was really fun playing off the other players to see, mm-hmm. you know, because you were, you were very outgoing and very kind of almost cheerleader-like and, yep. and very like everybody, you know, everybody's doing a good job and I loved it. And then like we had a, they did a talent show, which was super funny just for goofing around um everybody meeting in the cabin was funny and then you know the battles at the end were, were were fun and everybody's throwing crazy magic items around because the viewers are donating money and that's giving us stuff to do and it just got it just got bonkers after yeah. a little while but yeah, i think it'd be somebody, fun to play that yeah no somebody donated and it wasn't through our stream but it happened during our stream they donated yeah. like 1600 dollars. yeah and so like we got a wish spell and we yeah. all collectively decided to give the wish spell to the NPC we liked the most. And yep. he wished for like, I don't know, like a his nice, own village, his own village or something. And so <laughs> yeah. we we're like, okay, that sounds great. And we totally yeah. wasted it. I mean, I say wasted it, but like, we thought we made the right decision because it was funny. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was fun. And you're right. They kept donating stuff. So we were getting NPCs to help us in battle and magic items and just crazy stuff. So thank you to all who donated. Apparently our stream um, of the not, super popular celebrities but just mm-hmm. the other regular streamers apparently we raised the most money so yeah. that was really exciting yeah i think that was cool and it was on so. lucian's channel right here it- twitch tv slash sir lucian yeah um, subscribe follow and <laughs> check it out check it out you can do all the cool things with lucian he plays lots of games it was, was a super fun sunday game that was really good anything else did you so. play yeah, so Monday we were on break, but then Wednesday we're playing Tomb of Annihilation, and we're getting everybody. We're getting closer and closer to the end of that campaign. Oh, so um, we've had some ending, great battles, not yet. Oh, no, no, and uh, so good. Our characters are probably moving to the very last level now. We got to the point where we're almost sure that we're at the very bottom at this point. So the next two episodes, I think, although they won't be during this holiday season, we're going to wait till January to pick back up for that Mm -hmm. Wednesday game. Um, We're probably within two if we push or maybe three, if we take our time and we should be done with tomb of annihilation. But that meant everybody started talking about their new characters and (laughs) Danimal saying he wants to run another campaign. 
and we're gonna be starting over from level one. And it sounds like we might be playing um, Dragon Heist and then moving right into Dungeon of the Mad Mage. So it yeah. might be playing that big epic um, here coming out because he wants to do a different season. He's already ran a group through um, Dragon Heist before, but he wants to do a different season. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. Um, a bunch of the players haven't haven't even played any of that stuff yet, and we're all so we're all kind of talking. We're in that um, that euphoria of new character creation that you get into when you say, "Okay, we're going to play," and then you know, in about a, a month's time, we're going to start this campaign. Mm -hmm. So, what's everybody going to play? So, Discord's been blowing up with what what's the character class you're going to play? And I've decided I think I'm going to play a halfling cavalier fighter who rides on a Rottweiler for the entire campaign. I think mean, yes. that's going to be my, <laughs> that is that is my character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Danimal actually contacted me and he's like, Hey, if you want to play, cause I was talking about that, I'm going to have Wednesdays free uh, in the future. And I was thinking mm -hmm. about trying to run a game on Wednesdays. Um, and I, I've talked about it with uh, a couple people and I have kind of an idea in mind of what I want to run. But Danimal was just like, Hey, if you want to be in, in Waterdeep, we're going to start it real soon. And you could play, and I'm like, oh, that would be really fun. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Because if, yeah, if this, if this game I want to run doesn't work <clears throat> out, then maybe I'll join you guys. But uh, if it does work out, then I might be running a game in January yeah. uh, 2020. And hopefully it'll be well, a long-running cool. game. So it'll be really cool. I've got a couple of ah, – I've got some really good ideas. I'm really excited. <laughs> uh, but I can't do spoilers now because it's not a for sure thing. Uh, right. But we'll see. But that's really cool. Uh, you're going to love the ending to Tomb of Annihilation. It is – gosh, I love that module so much. I can't I wait. Run it yeah, so it's, been, it's my favorite. It has been the favorite. It took over from my old school days of playing mm -hmm. Greyhawk stuff. It has become my favorite single module I've played in my lifetime at this yeah. point. It's been Tomb of Annihilation. It's been really – it's given me everything I wanted, and I've got to play a really good character that I love to play now, um, not one that I – I, I don't even want to jump away from the character. Like I'm super vested in this character mm -hmm. and seeing where Vanguard, the war mage can go on because the concept is just solidified into a real breathing character for me. And it's, it's been a long, long time since I've had one of those. A lot of them I just play for a while and then I think, okay, new idea. I want to do this yeah. thing or, Oh, this is fun. And now I want to try this thing and do this thing. But this one really grabbed me. And uh, I think it's great. I think it's one of the funnest, but Danimal's done a great job. And I think the other thing that makes it work is Danimal has been a great dungeon master. Um, but the group has really come together and had just enough RP, just enough tactical fighting, just enough camaraderie and, and cool character quirks that everything came together and made it just really good. The, the players in it are just super fun. The nice. DM's super fun. And the module's fantastic. So. Yeah. I love it. That was the one that I Yay. wanted to run uh, for 2020. And I was talking to people about it. But then uh, uh, a couple of the people that were just like, eh, it's kind of been done. And like uh, some of the other people were oh, like, I already good. know the story. And I'm like, ah, you're right. So I, and I was like, I want to do something original. So anyway, but enough about super secret. I want to run it at some point about, too. But... That is my wish and hope is that some, at some point I dungeon master it for a group of people that haven't played it Yeah, because it's so good. I want to have other people experience and see how good it is. I want to keep spreading. This is so good. Hell so I, yeah. I'm with you. I want to run it for a group of people at some Hell point too. Yeah. What else did you do in Dungeons and Dragons this week? So that was the extent of 
my Dungeons and Dragons. I feel like I was, I noticed a couple of messages go out. It seemed like you were playing some Dungeons and Dragons or at least some role-playing games I saw. Oh least. man, let's talk about me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so I think Jordan should just take it away. <laughs> uh, first of all, we have to talk about Ghost of Saltmarsh. So I ran Ghost that Saltmarsh. on Saturday and normally we play Ghost of Saltmarsh on Wednesday and we only get to play for like two hours, but because we ran on a Saturday, we got to play for three hours, which was really cool. And my players are level seven. And they are, uh, they have to infiltrate the Sahagwan Fortress and kind of get information and report back to Ghosts of Saltmarsh because Saltmarsh, not Ghosts of Saltmarsh, but the city of Saltmarsh, because Saltmarsh believes that the Sahagwan are going to attack their city. And so they're no. like, you need to go in there, find out how many forces they have. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool dungeon. Uh, Two thirds of it is underwater. So they all like down water potions or put on their magic items, etc. And they decided to swim from the bottom up. And so they go to uh, an area that has um, a big gate in front of it. And they stealthily sneak up and peer in the gate. And they see 48 Sahagwin training for like military attacks. And so he swims back and he's like, we can't go that way. And so they swim around to the backside of the area and they find um, a cave entrance. And so they swim in. They uh, battle a couple of Sahagwin, but basically they're inside. They've infiltrated the bottom base of it. And it's interesting because the book says, you know, they can, they can enter from these like four different positions, but mm-hmm. it really makes the most sense if you start at the top and go down. And, and when I say it makes the most sense, it makes the most sense story-wise. And so they need to go from the top down, but that's not what they decided to do. So they've gained a lot of knowledge. And some of them are just like, do we leave? Like, is this enough knowledge? We kind of know what's going on. And I'm like, ah, well, there's more dungeon. So <laughs> I just kind of wanted to like, th- what are thoughts on dungeon crawls? Because uh, I don't like it when they're linear like that. Like you need to start at the top of this mountain and you're going to go down three floors. And then when you're down, mm-hmm. you're going to run and it's going to, and that's, that'll be a fun experience. But it's also kind of cool for them to keep the DM on their toes and be like, well, I've got this dynamite you forgot about. I'm going to blow a hole here. And like, I don't know. So and and the dungeon is so big that I couldn't draw all of it on a map. So I kind of had to describe where they were going and then draw the encounters as they happened. And I like it when I can draw the map as a whole so players can see where they're going. I know, right. Mr. Roll20 here, you don't have that problem because you have your lights and all that other stuff. But uh, And I yeah. can make all the maps. So if yeah. they skip over four, I just move the map over and they're yeah. on number four now. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's what I love. Yeah. So but you like Dungeon tactical, Crawls, right? Like yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I love them just because Dungeons & Dragons, most of your abilities that you have that give you advantages in dungeon crawling and beating up things that live in dungeons like you don't have seven different skills that help you in playing poker or gambling you don't have seven different skills that help you negotiate with you know an alliance of two things that are are warring factions you might have one skill that helps you do that but and it might just be a, a skill but you don't have all these abilities so dungeons and dragons really kind of is just like if you're playing a fighter a barbarian a wizard you want to use all these things you have yeah and the best place to use those things is in the dungeon because <laughs> yeah. it's just all there ready for you to go. So I like them. I do have to suspend belief as far as sometimes trying to figure out why is it here? Why are they there in that reason? Why do they not move around? How do mm-hmm. they even get food? You know, all that kind of stuff. You have to kind of suspend a little bit of that um, to play through it because it's just fun to have your players be kind of superhero like. Um, and Tomb of Annihilation has a little bit of that where you could 
not spoiling anything, but there's a staircase that I guess theoretically you could just jump down and not go level by level by level. Yeah. So I guess it's possible you could be right to the bottom and have the same thing happen. So the dungeon master all of a sudden has to say, well, wait a minute, these guys are four levels down. And sometimes they structure the adventures so that they're a little bit higher level when they, or they're lower level at the top of it, but they become higher level as they move further down. And if they don't do that, maybe they get it over the head, but maybe that's okay. You know, maybe that's how it should you be. You know, uh, an adventure that did that was uh, Princes of the Apocalypse. Like mm -hmm. it very much wanted you to go temple of like air, water, you know, in a, in a very specific elemental wheel. But if you decided, well, let's go to the fire temple first, all of a sudden you're level seven and you need to be level 12 for that area. And yeah. it can be a very painful lesson that you need to retreat and be like, I guess we come back later. Uh, so I feel like that was kind of poorly implemented. Uh, you should have had like a locked door and you have to go get the water key to unlock mm -hmm. the fire temple or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, and uh, the players yeah. never want to come back later. Oh, no. They were that's just like, well, that's, in yeah. my mind. Yeah. yeah. In my mind as a dungeon master, I'm thinking, well, I'll make this high level thing. If they run into it, I'll give them enough hints that they should know to back off and they should come back to it later. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, that's a perfectly logical thing to think, except players never want to back off and players never want to leave something undone. So if they find it, they're going to keep poking at it and they're going to keep poking at it until something happens. You yeah. know, it's just, so it's, it is interesting playing around your, your player psychology to make your adventures work and to maybe not try to be so, like you said, linear in, well, they have to do this because they're second level. And then I need to lead them here because this is a third level thing. And then I need to lead them here because this is the fourth level thing. But if they get over to the fourth level thing and they're only second level, they're not going to make it. So, yeah. you know, that's a, it's a weird thing to, to try to accommodate for your table. I know a lot Correct. of dungeon masters struggle with it. Correct. Uh, and yeah, so it really, we're kind of coming to a, a mid climax of the, of the, Ghosts of Saltmarsh campaign because they've been they've been figuring out about this Sahagwin force for quite a while, um, but they're only level seven and and they got to get to like level twelve or something I think so uh, mm -hmm. we've got a whole mess of stuff to do after this and uh, I got to drop hints of the future, uh, which has been fun. This campaign's kept me on my toes. I really like it. Uh, so yeah, and then how far do you think that campaign will go? How what? How far do you think that campaign will go? Oh, at least to eleven. No, I don't know. That was a joke. That was a bad joke. But uh, we, it, <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, we're we're. I want to finish the book. Um, but uh, when I got to level five, you're just supposed to do like mini quests until you get to level seven. And the same thing is when you get to level seven, you do mini quests until level nine, and then there's another thing to do. And then I think it goes to I think it goes to eleven. So there's like another thing at the end where they they leave salt marsh and go off on another adventure so do you want to play that out or do you want to do it like we did in that campaign i ran for you guys where there was several years in between you guys adventured you got two more levels yeah We're not going to talk about or play that we could always come back and do that or we could always rehash it or it could just be part of a narrative thing where people can do fanfic of it but we're going to jump ahead and now you guys are nine so we're going to do this piece I guess even I though we that. know there's a yeah. bunch in the middle i we've been doing so much downtime stuff that i think i want them to at least be like let's take an hour and figure out downtime that you did for the year that you spent in salt marsh or something mm -hmm. um and then i would try to do something funny like maybe there was a mayoral election and one of you guys became the mayor of salt marsh or you know like i would want to I don't know. I'd want to do something cool, but uh, right. we'll see. I don't know. Very cool. 
And then, and the then. piece de resistance of <laughs> my tabletop gaming experience this week. I played Dungeon Crawl Classics, uh, and it was a holiday special on Indoor Adventures channel. Thank you, Indoor, for letting me run something on your channel. We played a holiday game, a Christmas-themed game uh, called The Old God's Return with a bunch of awesome players that are regulars on Indoor's uh, channel. I was the, the odd man out. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, I've talked about how much I love DCC. This was a level one game. They all had to like generate characters and I was kind of teaching on the fly and, and we were figuring things out, but they had a lot of fun. Uh, kind of to summarize everything, but there was uh, a bunch of like evil Christmas elves that were stealing the souls of children and uh so they they were having a winter solstice party and the our players had to you know attack these elves and save the children and then a giant floating glacier came over and blocked out the moon and cast an evil ominous shadow over the village and so they uh got the blessings of this fire god so they have these like kind of fire powers and they rushed up into this glacier to to attack the thing that's stealing the souls of these children uh turns out it was krampus the evil goat creature of Christmas that was taking the souls of children. It always is. And yeah. uh, it always is on a Christmas episode. <laughs> Why not? So, uh, but they had a lot of fun uh, within the first, I want to say like 15 minutes, uh, Cyberwolf's character died and he had to roll up another one so that he could still play. <laughs> and we just had a lot of fun. Uh, Danae Keener, uh, she was playing kind of this like, like, hick farm character who had a pitchfork and didn't really know what they were doing with their with like adventuring life mm -hmm. um she missed every attack roll she took but oh, nice. she saved on every trap that she ran through so it was just <laughs> kind of this like oh i missed i walk over here and like arrows and slime and she's just not she's dodging all of it uh and it wasn't until the very end that she uh got an actual attack on krampus and did a bunch of damage um, it was just a lot of fun. What was quirky and weird about this game is uh, LB Hackamup's character was a cleric and had the spell uh, like command or word of command. And uh, how spells work in Dungeon Crawl Classics is you roll a d20 and you add your spell costing modifier, but not to like see if you hit, you roll to see if the spell is effective. So if you mm -hmm. roll a 1, 2, and 11, the spell just fizzles out and doesn't work. But if you roll a 12 to a 30 plus, it has varying degrees of how well it works. And mm -hmm. she rolled a natural 20 on this spell. So her oh spell boy. check was like 24. And I had to roll to resist it. And I had to roll above a 24, which was possible. But I ended up rolling like a 17. So <laughs> uh, we said, well, what is the command you give Krampus? And she says, and she was a cleric of Cthulhu because we're playing DCC and it's just weird. <laughs> and she's like, I want him to worship Cthulhu. So uh, Krampus lays down and starts worshiping Cthulhu. They take care of the other monster. Uh, the entire complex they're in starts breaking down and they have to like run out of here while like chunks of ice are falling down. Meanwhile, Krampus is like throwing up tentacles and like tentacles are spewing out because Cthulhu is taking over this weird ancient fey creature. Uh, a bunch of ice fell on two of the characters and they died instantly because they were crushed under ice with 2d4 damage. I think I rolled seven damage and they both died instantly. Uh, <laughs> Danae and uh, RJ and a cow that they somehow got into this glacier 
uh, ran to the top of the glacier, jumped off, activated a magic feather falling spell, but Danae's character fell off. She saved on a lucky roll to land on a floating piece of glacier to then silver surfer her way down to the village on this glacier, followed by a cow that was descending slowly thanks to a feather fall spell. And that's where we ended our campaign. Three of the players died. Two of them survived. It was so much fun. And it <laughs> made me super happy because I've introduced DCC to other people before and people are kind of like put off by it where they're just like, what do you mean I died in the first 15 minutes? Uh, but I feel like these players really got the like random gonzo-ness of Dungeon Crawl Classics. And they were like, that was so cool. And one of my players even said like, I'm so attached to this character because he's survived so much. And I was like, that's the fun of it. Where you're mm -hmm. like, I have two hit points, but somehow I've survived this entire dungeon. How is that possible? And uh, you get really attached to these characters. And you don't want them to die, but it is very lethal. So we had a lot of fun. And you should check out uh, <laughs> Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash indoor adventure to uh, watch that. The Old Gods Return, our DCC holiday special. Uh, Krampus versus the, the the people of the village. I don't know. It was fun. But we had a really good time. I loved it. That's good. Yeah, and I like, uh, for those of you that haven't played a DCC game, um, it's also cool because it gives you an opportunity to, to get different types of dice. Oh, yeah. There's really the some Zoki different mechanics, system. and it does have a real Dungeons & Dragons feel because it's still kind of that OSR feel to it, the, the old-school Renaissance feel, but it's different enough, too, that you're playing, you really do feel like you're playing a different game, and uh, you're not heroes. Your average Joe's in a crazy world that may or may not make it and most of the time won't make it yeah. <laughs> this is the point but if you do <clears throat> it is that feeling of you know joe the farmer just went through a cthulhu dungeon and made it out somehow yeah and that's he's crazy still joe that's the a farmer, story but now yeah. <laughs> he's got like a tentacle whip that does like a whole bunch of damage so he's they look to Joe the farmer to be like, you need to help us out with this. You survived that Cthulhu dungeon. You're a hero. And he's like, I'm just a farmer, but like I'm I can have this whip, you know, and, <laughs> and it's, I don't know. I just love how difficult it is and how attached and how uh, they use the word gonzo a lot. And I use it, but it doesn't really mean anything, but I feel like it describes DCC really well where it's like, it's just yeah. gonzo. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, they, they contacted me and were like, Hey, do you want to run a holiday game? And I'm like, I could write a D and D something I could do this and they were like well do you want to run kids on bikes because you like that system and i was like i could do a kids on bikes game but i was like i really want to run like every christmas dungeon crawl classics comes out well every around this type of year they always come out with like a halloween themed adventure and a christmas themed adventure and this was the christmas themed adventure from 2013 and i just thought it was really wow. fun so maybe we make this a new tradition and next yeah. year i run the 2014 where they're level two and, uh, you know, the two people that survived can level up to level two and we can roll new characters and play again. So Yeah, what, what's a high-level DCC game look like? I don't even know, know. what that would be. Like, they, I've only seen the low-level stuff. Yeah, when... Uh, so max level in DCC is 10, I believe. Uh, but I've heard from friends that when you get to levels uh, three, four, five, you start to feel like you're powerful. Um, a, because now you have a lot of gold to afford the really good armor that you need to avoid hits. And B, you usually have a bunch of magic items from getting to that level. So it's kind of, mm -hmm. it's kind of fun, but, uh, yeah, they had a, they had a really good time. I had a blast running it. So I would encourage all of you to go watch that game. I will try to link the VOD below, but I know it'll be on YouTube later. So if I remember, I'll update the, uh, the YouTube 
channel and the anchor podcast so you guys can watch it on youtube so yeah very cool sounded like a lot of fun it was it was really great <laughs> um that is all the games that i played and sadly i don't i'm not playing games this saturday this week because of christmas yeah, i got nothing this and week and because of everything else and uh my gaming group decided that we would all go see star wars on sunday instead of going to instead of playing D D. Um, mm-hmm. so we're going to, we're going to go see star Wars and I'm really excited for star Wars. Although, Same. well, I shouldn't say anything. I've, I've been staying away from reviews. Somebody <clears throat> told me. Yeah. And I told our no dungeon reviews. master. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no spoilers, but I told our dungeon master, the ultimate prank I want to do now is get a group of people, a group of nerds who are just jazzed for star Wars and then hand them their tickets. We sit down and cats starts playing. Oh, and boy. just see how angry they get over watching. <laughs> what did you do, Jordan? No, no, guys. This is what I was excited for. It's this new this fantasy movie. It's like cats. Uh, and we're going to start a new campaign called Cats when we get home. Oh, this yeah, yeah. We're going to start a new it. campaign. Everybody's a tabaxi. And well, to Jeff- bring it back to the beginning of the show where we started off, though, because neither of us are playing games this week, everybody's groups are off doing things. This is the perfect time for a computer game. So see... Yeah. Wizards of the Coast is looking out for us because if they have computer games next year it's during true. this time when we can't find any games to play and our players are all doing other things, yeah. we'll get to play Dungeons and Dragons computer games. So that'll be good. It's true. Um, boy, I just bought uh, a couple Steam games because they have the winter sale. Steam gets my wallet every time. Um, and so I got a game called Hob, which I started mm-hmm. last night and it's really good. And I'm going to go play it right now after the stream <laughs> and i should maybe i should stream it that would be fun too but uh i got that and then i also got divinity original sin 2 which is gonna a really fun rpg people say so that's gonna try it take let me, me know over. what you think yeah, okay let me know what you think on that one because yeah. that one was tough for me to get into but everybody says they love it everybody says it. they love it yeah i haven't tried it yet but um mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen i don't this was fun we didn't have a lot to talk about but then we ended up talking a whole bunch which is why i love uh the show and i and i really enjoyed doing it with you mr lucian uh thank yeah. you everybody that is our show saturday morning D show tweet at us at smdnd show uh or you know uh jordan with a ph and sir lucian gaming uh you can also uh contact us uh the saturday morning D show at gmail.com uh, and don't you, forget our Discord. You can go to our Discord, which there are links in the show notes and the mm-hmm. description of this video. Um, and we hang out there. You can talk to us. It's really great. Uh, lots of cool people in that Discord. Um, give us a like. Give us a thumbs up. Tell your friends to subscribe. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, I'm excited for the new year. We will be back next week with a post-Christmas Saturday morning D&D show talking about all of the goodies that we got. Um, or not <laughs> and we will uh we won't have any games that we played so i don't know we'll talk about video games or something it'll be great but thank you yeah. again everybody for uh coming out and watching us on this wonderful uh day i need to go to my end screen anything else mr lucian before we leave that's it can't wait to see you guys next week all right take care everybody bye, bye. our intro and outro music is eight bit march by twin musicom licensed under creative commons check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org